Aloha and welcome to Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. Conversations is sponsored by HealthMasterySystems.com, Holistic Products for Body, Mind, and Soul, and PurePlantEssentials.com, Organic Aromatherapy. Please visit these websites today. Be sure to visit the iTunes store and subscribe for the complete lineup of shows on Conversations to Enlighten and Heal. On today's show, I'm delighted to be speaking with Yvonne Oswald, a national U.S. award-winning pioneer in the field of personal growth. As many of you may recall, Yvonne was my guest earlier this year, and her show received such a huge response from listeners that I've invited her back to share more of her exciting and innovative ideas about effective communication. This time, we'll be focusing on the subject of rapport and all the crucial elements of establishing and building rapport. Yvonne is a renowned and respected communications trainer and keynote speaker and a certified trainer of hypnosis and a master practitioner of NLP and timeline therapy. Her My Magic CD was nominated for a cover visionary award. My Magic is a technique Yvonne has developed to release negative emotions and limiting beliefs in less than a minute. Her second book, Every Word Has Power, was published in March of 2008 and is already in its third printing. Yvonne School HypnoHealth International certifies people to become board-certified practitioners of hypnotherapy. To learn more about Yvonne and her Mind Magic CD, as well as her other powerful communication tools, seminars, and certification programs, please visit her website at globalwelcome.com. That's globalwelcome.com. If you're ready to clear issues around connecting authentically with others and taking quantum leap in the growth of your personal relationships and your relationship choices, then today's show is for you. Please welcome to the show my very special guest, Yvonne Oswald. Hi, KG. How are you doing? I'm great. It's it's a great honor and privilege to have you with us again, Yvonne. Thank you so much for joining us. Great. Is it true that people decide whether they like you in as little as one-tenth of a second? Yes, it's 0.015 of a second, to be precise. Wow. You literally are programmed deep within so that when someone's coming through the jungle at you, you know immediately whether to like them or whether to run or fight. Mm-hmm. So it's deep-wired into your, into your, your whole personality to know. That's that's a pretty quick response. Mm-hmm. So why is it that we don't always get the responses from others that we want? Well, we think that we, people tend to think rapport is about liking someone, and it's actually not. It's about literally physical body language and tonality. Mm-hmm. So as someone approaches you, you automatically sense on a deep level mm-hmm. whether they're giving you good uh, body language or not. Mm-hmm. So, so it's subconscious. Change, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's unconscious, except mm-hmm. that you're conscious of it. It's an unconscious response because mm-hmm. your unconscious mind is there to protect you and to keep you safe mm-hmm. at all times. So when you've got someone coming towards you, you you instinctively know by the emotions that are produced by the unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. That's your messaging system. Mm-hmm. When do we learn how to establish rapport and emotional intimacy? Right from birth. As soon as you um, are born, um, the parent-child bond is formed because of the, you know, you put your face straight into a baby's, you smile, you... you, you do all the eye contact. That first three weeks of, of eye contact with your with your mom or mm-hmm. dad establishes your ability to actually get rapport with people later. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that recognition response when 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 you recognise your parent, it gives you a feel good feeling. It, gives, mm-hmm. it boosts the endorphins in your physical body so that you actually feel great about it. Mm-hmm. Well, what is mismatching, Yvonne, and how does it result? 
mismatching is when you don't realize that you're actually not um, working the same way as someone else's body. What happens is as soon as you meet someone, people automatically go into, it's called a mirroring effect. Monkeys do it, elephants do it, dolphins do it. And it, it, people like people who are like themselves. Mm -hmm. So if you can be as much like the other person as possible, what happens is then you get the correct response. You get that liking response. Mm -hmm. so, if some, so for instance, someone who uh, doesn't do eye contact well is mismatching. And quite often people who, who actually learn through hearing, so auditory people, people who pick up a system and pick up information really through their ears more than through their eyes, mm -hmm. usually don't do eye contact well. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize that they're mismatching um, the other person and they come across as unlikable, although that's not the truth. They're actually listening 100% if they've got their ear mm -hmm. facing you. Mm -hmm. yeah, so people who are either uh, so visual or the auditory, you know, the tonality, you were mm -hmm. saying, mm -hmm. those so are the two primary... There's four systems. There's people who are visual, uh, the majority of the population. It's about 50 to 60%. And the people who are visual have an advantage because they see things, they observe, they tend to dress better than others. You know, they're, they're more keen on having a nice mm -hmm. appearance. Mm -hmm. And they pick up signals a lot faster because they're looking for them. Uh -huh. Now, the thing uh -huh. is, as someone who's auditory, someone who, who really uh, likes listening to music, they talk slower, they have usually a beautiful tonality in their voice. They have a little bit of a disadvantage because they will tend to put an ear towards someone instead of looking at them and mm -hmm. then miss out on a lot of the signals that, that the visuals pick up on. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the people who, who do the world kinesthetically. They, ha they like to feel it. They like to touch things, you know. And this is interesting because in the classroom, kinesthetic learners will tend to um, try to remember by looking in a different place in their head. They, they actually think about something like a spelling. How was I feeling when I saw that word? Well, that's not where the answer is. It's, uh, they have to look in a different place in their mm -hmm. head, and that can be taught. Mm -hmm. um, they get on well with people because they tend to touch a lot. They tend to you know, make you feel good because they're touching. Mm -hmm. The ones who, who really um, are, are not at an advantage are the auditory digital people, and they're the people like the finance people and the, geek, you know, the computer geeks and things, mm -hmm. because they tend not to do eye, eye contact, and they tend to just want everything in a process. They, they actually work things out so that it, it has to be very ordered for them. They'll always be saying, well, what happens next and what happens next? Mm -hmm. And they're very patient. They'll tend to want to, want to take things slowly. Mm -hmm. So it's just a simple matter of learning what another person's um, rep system mm -hmm. is, what their representation mm -hmm. system is, so that you can understand where they're coming from, and then you can actually match your words to match theirs, and mm -hmm. then you'll get communication a lot mm -hmm. better. So anyone can learn how to give out the correct signals consciously correct. so they can connect authentically with everyone yes. Yes, and exactly. everyone will know them as the amazing person that they truly are. Yes, yeah, and we yeah. tend to think that people are not as wise as us or, you know, that we tend to judge people and in actual fact they're doing, they have a different system than us, that's all. And mm -hmm. if you can understand their system, then mm -hmm. life becomes really fun because mm -hmm. you're working out people's systems all the time and how to actually match them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. So the research shows that 93% of our communication effectiveness is de determined by the nonverbal cues you've been talking about. Yes. So tell us more about our nonverbal communi communication signals. Well, the body language is 55%. I mean, you're literally, if you're, if you're saying, oh, I love your hair and shaking your head at the same time and a no, mm -hmm. People will understand the body language and trust the body language way more than the words. Mm -hmm. So words congruence between body language and what we're yes. saying is important. Yes, exactly. 
and um, you know when someone else is talking your job is to match and mirror what they're actually doing with their physical body so mm -hmm. if they've got their legs crossed your legs should be crossed or mm -hmm. you know you can cross your hands um, if they're nodding and, and smiling you're supposed to be nodding smiling too so I think one of the best tricks that, that I realized was that even if you don't match their body language you can actually simply put your head over to one side and nod Mm -hmm. And that actually is almost like a little kowtow. It's like a little bowing to the mm -hmm. person. And it says, I'm, I'm acknowledging you. I'm mm -hmm. really finding you interesting. Mm -hmm. So they will like you just simply by putting your head over to one side and, and nodding and smiling. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for meeting someone new, 101, you talk about establishing our power base. What is yes. our power base, Yvonne? And could you guide us to an exercise for establishing our power base and meeting someone yes. new for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. Well, when someone walks into a party or, you know, you're walking into an interview or whatever, um, what happens is we tend to get into our own stuff and think, oh, what's everybody thinking about us? In actual fact, if you, if you think of a place three fingers below your belly button, mm -hmm. that's where the power center of your body is. All you need to do is just check in with that center and just literally stand up, walk into the room as though you're walking confidently, and as you join a group of people, match and mirror someone in the group. So mm -hmm. if, if someone's standing, you know, with a with a hand on the hip, maybe you can stand with your hand on your hip, and then nod and smile with your with your head to one side. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you'll be accepted as part of that group automatically. They'll bring you in. Mm -hmm. What we tend to do is stand there awkwardly and upright. And that actually misses. And then we give off the wrong signal. Yeah, and mm -hmm. it's the wrong signal, so you're not they're not actually picking up. And so they mirror back to us how yes. our our own company, you know, that we don't feel we belong or yes, that's right. and so you then we create that. You do, and people think it's that um, they're not likable. It's not that at all. Whoever's speaking is, is ideally the one you, you need to be matching and mirroring your body language to mm -hmm. because they will then automatically bring you into the group. So is it true we all seek approval whether we know it or not and we all instinctively want to be liked? What purpose does this approval-seeking mechanism serve, Yvonne? Right, that's a good question. The approval-seeking is actual natural to, it's, it's natural to humanity because we, we are formulated in groups. We're, we are a social group. Mm -hmm. So 200,000 years ago when we lived in the, the east of the Rift Valley in Africa, uh, we formed groups of about up to 170 people. Uh, more than 170, you had to form a new group because mm -hmm. you simply couldn't groom more than 170 people a day. <laughs> that was one of the so it reasons. served a functional purpose. It's a total functional purpose. It, it's a survival mechanism. Mm -hmm. we, we, we're dependent on our parents for the first five years at least. Um, and, you know, people, mammals particularly, like dolphins, like elephants, have this social interaction and a need for approval. It's It's a need to be part of the group, mm -hmm. you know, and yes, we all want to be different, however, that, that need for acceptance is, is part of your your survival mechanism, mm -hmm. you know, being touched, being hugged, being kissed, being acknowledged, you know, recognition mm -hmm. is the one thing that humans need more than anything, apart from food, shelter, and sex, you know, the, the, the essentials of life. The essentials um, of life. It, it's a recognition is an essential of life. It's mm -hmm. the one thing that, that people don't often realize. Mm -hmm. Being part of the tribe. Mm -hmm. It mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, it's you'll get leaders in the tribe, um, but even the leaders need someone to lead, you know? <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is approval seeking ever likely to change? And could you talk about how to balance this need with our need for autonomy? 
Yes. I think we need to balance it these days because what happens with email and with phone and with everything else, we're instantly accessible and people have not remembered to take some time for themselves or take reward time for themselves, which is really uh, one, of the, one of the most important things you can do for yourself. You know, getting that, getting that balance mm-hmm. of um, going for a walk in nature or reconnecting with nature. Life is, life is starting to get very cerebral and, yes. and it, it kind of it acts as a dissociative technique. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so do you have any any uh, insights about how we can balance uh, these two needs that we have? The need for autonomy with the need for, you know, the group approval. I think you need to kind of write in your in your daytime, uh, you know, time for me, mm-hmm. and actually do hobbies by yourself. I mean, even in relationships. It's been proved that if if the, t- if the couple have separate interests, mm-hmm. it actually keeps the relationship going longer. Mm-hmm. Because then, you know, you, as well as your you, you couple interests, you actually then have something different to bring back to the table. Mm-hmm. You've got something interesting to mm-hmm. talk about. So uh, everybody's different, I would imagine, mm-hmm. at the balance for them. Some people maybe yes. can and, and if handle it's not more working, social time. Yeah, and if it's not working, it simply means that there's the balance is off. And what are some of the signs that it's not working? Your emotions, your mm-hmm. emotions are your messaging system. Your mm-hmm. your unconscious mind is programmed to send you an emotion, mm-hmm. depending on the situation. So if you're feeling great, it means you're on track. Mm-hmm. The second you're not feeling great, it's your unconscious mind saying, "Hey, there's something not quite working here. We need to talk." Mm-hmm. You know, and people tend to say, "Oh, my negative emotions are not nice," but that you know, they're essential. They're they're, they're mm-hmm. telling you. They're almost like a pain signal saying, "You know, change something. Mm-hmm. This isn't working for us." Mm-hmm. And 20% of your words, of course, have emotional context. So 20% of the words you use have emotional weight with them. And it's those 20% that really make the difference in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we can change our languages a lot, the the key words we use, then we can also change our our response from other people. So it sounds like our emotional guidance system is our most important um, uh, mechanism for uh, keeping it all balanced. Yes, it is. And, of course, these days um, we're, we're developing the prefrontal cortex more, which is where optimism is. Yes, we is, are. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really a fantastic thing because if the quicker we can flip back to that on a daily basis, the more happy we're going to feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I invented the Mind Magic technique, which yes. takes you out of Great segue. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we have less than 10 seconds to make a lasting first impression when we meet someone new. What yeah. then do we, you suggest is our optimal focus and intention for that all-important first 10 seconds for getting our best results? It's simply just that likability factor. You need to look like the person, sound like the person, um, feel like the person, think like the person. You're basically thinking, how can I match and mirror this person as much as possible with tonality, mm-hmm. with, with the way you look, with your smile on your face. And that 10 seconds... Um, one of the most important um, aspects of meeting someone new is an eyebrow flick, and people mm-hmm. don't realize it. Uh, oh. When you meet someone new, you're right, the idea is you, you kowtow, you, you lean forward a little bit in, in greeting, you know, put your hand out and shake the hand, mm-hmm. and then as you, as you open your eyes up, you do a little, ca- a little flick with your eyebrow, eyebrows, and mm-hmm. that opens your eyes to say, I'm a friend. Mm-hmm. And then in the West, of course, we show as many teeth as possible. Mm-hmm. And it simply opens up communication the second mm-hmm. you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's connected with the with a signal to the other person that I'm friendly, I'm likable, I'm just like you. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's really one of the most important things you can do is just that quick acknowledgement with it with the mm-hmm. eyebrows. So it's all about matching and mirroring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So it's all about being as like the other person as you can possibly be mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Even even to the clothes we wear. You know, I went into um, a meeting that was an, a women's executive meeting in Toronto. And I put a nice suit on, and it was pink and gray. And I thought, you know, I look very nice. I looked in the mirror, and I thought, mm, I look good. And I arrived at the meeting, and every single woman there was dressed in a black or a, a, a blue suit. Uh-huh. A dark blue suit. Uh-huh. You know, I felt like I just needed my poodle to be, you know, legally blonde. <laughs> and it was really interesting because they were they were desperate trying to make connections with me, and mm-hmm. I really didn't feel like them at all. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I kind of made a commitment to myself that next time I'd find out what people were wearing first. Uh huh. That's a good tip. Yeah, that's a good is. tip. I mean, if you go for a job interview, you need to find out what people at that job wear yeah. on a day-to-day basis because that you know a little bit just a little bit smarter than that you know if you go fully dressed in a suit or whatever and, yeah. and it's, a, it's for a casual job yeah. or a job working with people in social work or something you probably won't get the job because you look too different yeah well yeah, uh, it it seems to me um, that one needs to feel comfortable in their own skin so yeah. that matching someone else you don't feel like you're giving up yourself you yes, know exactly. what I'm saying yeah, yeah, I do. And, you know, you can dress differently as long as then you make the extra effort with the body language and with, mm-hmm. the, with the tonality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, like I said, it's that instant recognition of are you in our club or not. Yes, yes. You know, quite often... When and this I'm is seen, a good thing. This is to be seen in a good way in that yes. you're, oh, you're, yes. you're focusing on your similarities yes, and how exactly. you like each other and how you can help each other. I mean, yes, it's more along yes. that line, right? That's right. It's about networking. It's about communicating. It's yes. about everybody helping everybody else because yes. that's how we're going to get world peace in the end. Yes. So, yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, the first meeting. What are some effective ways when we first meet someone new to establish common ground, Yvonne? Well, after that initial greeting, you've got about 10 seconds, really, mm-hmm. to kind of make your impression. And one or the other of you will automatically search for similarities. So you'll say, oh, you know, have, who invited you to the meeting? Mm-hmm. Or, ah, um, oh, what kind of work do you do? Or are you, you know, are you with someone or are you alone? And the second you've got common ground, then you can start talking about that common ground and establish something. So... Um, so it's like small talk, just finding it is small some things. Talk, and yeah. it's establishing whether this person's worth continuing the relationship mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like when you go on a first date. You, 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 everybody searches around for something that you can both talk about, that you both know about. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and simply, if you don't find enough common ground, you won't even bother contact that, contacting that So it's like again. you're vibing each other. Yes. Yeah. It's like, do you have similar interests to me? Do you have similar hobbies or... Mm-hmm. You know, do you have similar work interests or or even goal motivation interests, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's really... You can even talk about holidays, you know. Oh, I just came back from a holiday. Oh, I like that kind of place too. Mm-hmm. You know, do you like the A beach? lot of people talk about the weather or... The weather, you know. yeah, the weather's yeah. a great one. <laughs> because you can both talk about the weather and find the same thing. Mm-hmm. And what happens is... Um, yeah, England is is a great place for that. I mean, the weather's like the hot topic of conversation every single day, even though every single day is the same weather. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. That's a similarity then, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it that's is. exactly, yeah. yeah. So. Or in a supermarket, you know, you'll walk up and you'll say, oh, that's a fabulous thing, you know. I, I bought one of those last week. It was really good. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah. could, could you give us some examples of the physiology of matching and mirroring, Yvonne? Yes. So when you're, when you're matching and mirroring someone, you've done the first greeting, you've, you've leant forward, put your head onto one side and sat down. What happens then is that one or the other of you will be speaking. Now, whoever's speaking is the one who's running the conversation. They're being the kind of alpha dog. They're being the, the top dog right now. Your job when you're listening is to actually match and mirror their, their bodies. So if they put their hand up to the face, you might want to just gently put your hand up to your face in a, in a kind of very subtle movement. You don't want them yes, to be these obviously move, These are them. subtle things. Yeah, they're all, they're almost, uh, wouldn't you say they're almost like instinctive if, if we've gotten that in it our early, in our infancy. We it have is. this natural inclination. You do if you if you have the right rep system. I mean, typically people who are not who don't find themselves um, good in social situations simply they they have to actually literally physically copy. Mm -hmm. They have to practice copying. They have to learn it. It is. You can learn it easily. Mm -hmm. um, so if someone's got their ankles crossed, you might want to cross your knees, or you might want to just. You know, Do you think it's in together. our DNA memory? <laughs> It we is. could maybe activate it somewhere in our DNA if yeah, we didn't yeah. get it activated in our infancy. Yes, that's right. It is because if you've got parents who are awkward, you'll end up the same way. Yes. So, you know, when, when we've got parents who are great communicators, you'll find out you, you will also be a great communicator and not have to do very much because it's just so natural for you to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, my daughter's 13 and she can talk to anybody in the whole universe. She just mm -hmm. walk up and she'll start chatting. And it's because you've seen me do it for so many years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we've and the reinforcement that good things come of it mm -hmm. from doing that—that yeah, that you is, make friends true. and that you good yeah. things come. Yes. And, and you know, I'll walk away and say, "Oh, wasn't she a nice person? That was great. That was so interesting, wasn't it?" Mm -hmm. You know, so she, she, so the child gets the feel-good feeling just because they've actually um, gone ahead and, and, and copied the parent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that the the eye contact that first three months is very very important yes. to be establishing. Yeah, but so you don't have the mixed messages. Yes, and I, what happens is I know um, I've done therapy with people who who have been born and put in incubators that first three months, mm -hmm. and they have a huge disadvantage because of course anybody who did eye contact with them was coming to give them a needle or coming to they not associated make them feel good. with. Yeah, yeah, so we've had to change the. Um, the whole, uh, now, you have other CDs. Does the, I don't know if the My Magic does that take care of that, or do you have other? I know you have other CDs that help with different things. Yes, I've got Release the Stress, I've got uh, Abundance and Prosperity, and all of the CDs are, are designed, of course, Weight Release and um, Cravings Release as well. All the CDs are designed to work with your unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. The root cause. It gets to root cause, and it actually. Um, it clears the original response and basically all learning and all changes are unconscious. We make decisions to change but the actual change is done unconsciously. Mm -hmm. And it's, act, so, it's, act, it's getting uh, some sort of window into that yes. deep part yeah. of the mind. Yeah, because consciously you're only 10%. You consciously see, feel, hear and touch and make decisions and think about mm -hmm. things. And everything else, the other 90% is unconscious. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to beat your heart. You don't know how mm -hmm. to digest your food. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and people say to me, oh, it took me a year to, to change and to quit smoking. It didn't. It took one second to quit smoking. It took a year to make the decision. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. So, you know, once the decision Wow, that's made, a different perspective. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because it's, so. that decision-making process is a conscious process. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And once it's made, the unconscious mind simply follows it. It's a server mechanism. Yeah. The unconscious mind doesn't think for itself unless there's safety involved. Yes. Well, its its whole job is to keep us safe. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And if you think of the unconscious mind as an internet, like a quantum internet, it literally responds to the keyword you give it. Mm-hmm. So if you say, oh, I don't want to be in debt, the only mm-hmm. keyword in that sentence is debt. Mm-hmm. So it's going to bring you more right. of the same. Right, right. And it operates like a command. You have to, to give it's a dead. command. You can't just be, oh, wouldn't it be nice? Or, yes. you know, you have to, it's not a soft, you need to make an impact as That's like a right, command. This it is. It is. It's like do it mm-hmm. as opposed to would you mind doing it, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, i quite often, when I'm teaching hypnosis, I'll, I'll just look at someone and say, go and open the window. And they'll look and they'll go, what? And I'll say, go and open the window. And they go, pardon? And then I'll say, exactly. Because that was talking to your conscious mind. Your conscious mind needs to, oh, you know, it's getting really warm in here. Would you mind going up in the window, please? Yes. Your yes. unconscious mind will not work out what you're trying to say there and will only respond to go and open right. the window. So it needs to be just in sound bites, it sounds like. Yes, the tonality needs to be demanding. Mm-hmm. If you say, and we I've do have self-talk. I mean, I, I think... You know, certainly the auditory digital probably are more high in the self-talk. Yes. Um, but they, but they kind of go around endlessly in circles thinking about things and exploring yeah. without actually giving. So they're not. A- they don't activate as much. Yes. Self-talkers. Exactly. Huh. Yes. Huh. Yes. So why is sitting with another person at a 90-degree angle so important, Yvonne? Um, well, if you sit opposite them. You're actually missing out on the peripheral vision. Uh-huh. And you know when you look at stars, and you, it's better uh-huh. to look at the star just out of the corner of your eye? Mm-hmm. That peripheral vision is where you process information the best and you mm-hmm. process your emotions the best. Mm-hmm. So, so you, you want to be up. off center a little bit when you speak with someone. Yes, because you can pick to up To make the most nuances. impact. Yeah, uh, you, you pick mm-hmm. up nuances. You pick up a little flick of a wrist or you'll pick up a... Um, a movement, uh, a mismatching movement. You filter out information if you're just looking straight on them. Correct. You, yes, mm-hmm. you miss out on probably at least 30 degrees. 30 degrees wow. Wow. So just offsetting, not being right in front, yes. would really help with matching and mirroring. Yes, it would. Wow, that's so a great you, tip. Yeah, and you know, romantic couples, they'll tend to sit opposite to each other. It's actually better if you kind of side by side on, on an angle, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so so why is it that, again, why is it that uh, matching and mirroring works best when it's just outside of awareness? Uh, because it actually gives your unconscious mind the signals a lot faster. Oh. It, your unconscious mind is actually up and active when, you, when, you just, when they're just in your peripheral vision. Wow. So people who wear, who wear glasses, people who wear spectacles, don't process inf- um, information or emotions as easily as people who don't wear them because they've actually got part of their vision out of out of their focus. The, the peripheral vision is not there because they, they've actually... Is that the true with um, uh, wearing contacts? Nope. Contact lenses, you can see the whole 180 degrees. Oh, wow. So yeah, that would be an advantage. That would be one reason, big reason, why you'd want contacts over yeah, glasses exactly. if you could. Yeah. Yes, because A, it, it allows you to pick up the whole signaling system, but B, it also makes you a lot friendly because a lot friendlier because you're not they're not having to look through a barrier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the ways to build rapport with our body? The ways to build with your rapport with your body is simply by 
Um, when you're when the other person's talking, you mm -hmm. can actually match and mirror them. Mm -hmm. As soon as you want to talk, they're supposed to be matching and mirroring you. Mm -hmm. So when you're listening to someone talk, your head is to one side. It's a bit angled so that it's more like a little bow towards them, a little kowtow, um, and smiling and nodding. When you want to speak, your job is then to stand more upright. So to give them a signal that you're ready to take over, um, you can even put your little your, thing, your first finger up in a, a little, you know, like it's called the baton technique, mm -hmm. which is almost like putting your hand up in class. Right. That says, I'm ready to, to say something now. Right. And what happens then is they'll pick up on that signal and they'll, they'll automatically stop talking. Mm -hmm. And then your turn, and then their job then is to match and mirror you. Mm -hmm. now, that, now, that works great at a party if you want to get someone interested in you. And what happens when you're at a party and you really want to get away from the person? That's an interesting thing to do. That's when you can consciously mismatch them. Mm -hmm. So you would take your eye contact away and look somewhere else mm -hmm. and just glance back at them now and again. Mm -hmm. uh, the, eye, the expression is giving someone the cold shoulder. Have you heard of that expression? Mm -hmm. Literally, if you put your shoulder towards them a bit and stand away, you know, put your body language away, mm -hmm. the other person can't even carry the conversation on. It just drops on the floor. And they'll, and you know, and the idea is then you look back and you say, it was great talking to you. I'll talk to you later and you just walk away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting how you can actually, you can actually, it's almost like a dance between two people. So have you written up all these different uh, body signals and all of this in a book or do you have it somewhere? Yes, it's in, it's in the Every Word Has Power book. Uh, the Every Word Has Power has all the signals, all the communication signals, how to do it. Mm -hmm. And if you want to find out your own system, you can go to my website and go to free info um, on the first page of globalwelcome.com. Yeah, you have your re the, for, uh, and the it's test. it's a system test. It's 10 yeah. questions, and you yeah. can find out what, what system you use right. uh, best of all. Right, and it would give you insights into other people's yes. systems. Yes, it is. It's really good. Yeah. Because when you walk into a room... Um, and want to choose furniture, for instance, you may choose it because it's very practical. You may do research on it, which means that you're very auditory digital. Mm -hmm. You may choose it for its comfort, and it's just it's, it's just it's all over feeling of greatness, which is your kinesthetic people. Mm -hmm. it, so the visual people, it has to look good in the room as well as feel good. Mm -hmm. And the auditory people, it really doesn't matter as long as the whole room sounds okay. There's a whole different uh, strategy that we use for... Mm -hmm for making us feel good. And we all have one primary way representational you have system, a system for processing. Right. And, and, and people can learn to use another system. So my husband is primarily auditory and auditory digital, and I'm visual and kinesthetic. So, you know, we used to have huge, in, uh, huge discussions, we'll say, mm -hmm. when he'd be shouting at me, but you're not listening to me. Mm -hmm. And I'd be saying, but you're not seeing what I mean. Mm -hmm. And then finally, when we when we both did the NLP Masters and realized that we had to just change our our language, mm -hmm. so he will say to me, "Could you please look at me and see what you see? Look at this and see what you think." Mm -hmm. And I'll say to him, "Listen to me. I want to talk to you." Yes. And suddenly, using each other's language, using the opposite person's language, mm -hmm. and suddenly they feel like you're understanding them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, in schools, this is really important that we get it into schools because teachers need to know that. There's, there's, you know, more than a third of the class maybe not in there using the same system as them for learning. Mm -hmm. It's well, just starting to be accepted into school, so. Well, talk about breath. How can we use breath for building rapport? 
the breathing, if you match mm-hmm. mirror someone's breathing, um, of course you can only talk breathing out. Did you realize that? Yes. You can't talk if you're breathing in. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of interesting. So you, might, you, you might choke. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hello, hello, kid. Um, yeah, you, if you actually match and mirror their breathing as well, mm-hmm. what you'll find is that you both go into a very nice altered state and you actually get on with them a lot better. So mm-hmm. Much blinking, more spongy re- receptivity Yes, yeah. when you're and matching the, the breath, breath. Yeah, and the breath actually releases when you, if you put your hand on your diaphragm, um, and just take a deep breath so that your hand moves out, it actually moves the diaphragm and releases it, which, which gives your unconscious mind a signal that the danger's over, we can all relax now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're feeling tense or stressed, the first thing to do is to take that deep belly breath just to let your unconscious mind know that it's good, everything's okay now. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that also um, would send a signal, I mean, I would think that is linked up, that uh, particular... Um, chakra area of the uh, chakra you're talking about, about the second mm-hmm. chakra is directly yeah. linked in to the adrenal cortex which is the fight flight right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. Right, actually. yeah that's a good connection model. yeah so let's talk about the importance of tonality Vaughn what is mm-hmm. tonality and what percentage of communication does it make up tonality is 38 percent it's quite a big big proportion actually so when you're speaking to someone on the phone you have a little longer to establish rapport on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone actually calls you and says, Hi, KG, if you answer hello, you're immediately mismatching them. But if yeah. you say, Hi, how are you doing? Uh-huh. What happens is it's an instant likability effect. Yeah. You know? Well, and you know, you're, when you do match with someone, you're giving out a friendly signal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that and I'm friendly, course, that I want to connect with you. That's right. Mm-hmm. And of course, when people use tone with children, um, tonality is to be used really when when it's, there's danger around. I mean, if, if a child is playing with a knife, for instance, and you say, put that down, mm-hmm. the child isn't going to do it. If, if you see a child just about to do something that's, that's really going to hurt them and you yell, put that down, mm-hmm. the child will drop it instantly mm-hmm. because your tone, your tone conveys mm-hmm. that there's something in it. Urgency, you know? get my yeah, yeah, attention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And that's another thing about parents with the kids is that they will often use the, the name of the child with a, with a negative tonality. So they'll say, Anne, you know, in right. that kind of negative tone. Mm-hmm. Whereas when, when they're approving of them, they'll say, hello, honey, hello, darling, hello, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. They don't usually say, hello, Anne. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's when I was teaching my daughter's class when she was eight, there were 24 children in the class and three of them liked the name. Mm-hmm. The other 21 didn't like the names. Mm-hmm. And that's simply because the parents have used low energy tonality with it. Okay. So mm-hmm. what are all the, the elements of matching tonality? Um, it's tempo. It's the speed that you use. So, so if someone speaks very slowly, your job is to kind of speak slowly with them. You don't need to stay speaking slowly. You, mm-hmm. It's when you first start speaking with them and they speak with you that you can then... Um, you slow down to begin with, and then you can, you know, match up your own pace, and they'll probably speed up mm-hmm. a bit to match you. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual resonance of it, you know, the depth of it, um, you can match and mirror that, mm-hmm. and um, just even even the, the space between the words. Mm-hmm. If if someone's actually, you know, taking a little bit longer between the sentences, mm-hmm. you know, you can slow down to match them, mm-hmm. and then of course you can start to lead them. So. What happens is, even with the matching and mirroring, 
say someone's got um, their arms folded with you, you really you don't want to fold your arms back at them because that says you know I'm resisting you as well. Yeah. You might just simply cross your hands over. So that's what arms crossing always means, resisting. Yeah, arms crossing your hands. <coughs> so resisting everything you're saying mm-hmm. to me and putting a barrier up. Mm-hmm. So if you simply cross your hands over, you know, if you just you know fold your hands together, clasp your hands together, and then when it's your turn to speak. When you take your hands apart, they will have to almost, I've done this in a class before and shown people what it's like, it's instinctive to want to match a mirror, so they will actually drop their hands then, Mm -hmm. so you can clear Mm -hmm. the resistance very quickly. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating stuff, it's really, really interesting stuff to study. Yes. So, in person, you have the physiology of the person to give you communication clues face-to-face, but on the phone, words need to convey more meaning. So, the percentage of importance of words changes when you connect by phone. So, does that mean building rapport is easier by phone than in person? It certainly can be because you've, you've got less less signals to have to match a mirror. So quite mm-hmm. often, you know, if you if you if you're on a first date on a phone with someone, you know, when 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 you make a contact, people can have hours and hours of conversations on the phone, and then when they meet them, it can continue from there, or it can simply just drop on the floor because you recognise that they're not in your club. Then mm-hmm. it, it's it's a very interesting uh, study. Um, that chemistry has to come in at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, what are the three ways that tone can be conveyed when you're speaking? Um, it's the timbre, it's the uh, the speed, like I said, the tone, the, the timbre, the, um, that, that softness. It's, English is a very, very um, uh, modulated language. So we, it's almost like a la 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 la. It's almost like a little dance or a tune. And there are other languages that aren't tonal languages, like Turkish. They have just a that kind of that kind of sound. So if you want to get approval from the other person, if you make your dance like their dance in the voice. So someone who's auditory would have a, a, a easier time of that? Oh, they'll have a big advantage on the phone, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So knowing your own style, representational style, you would know which medium would be the best for connecting with someone the first time. Yes. Yeah, knowing your own style is the most important thing because then you'll go, oh, that's why people don't connect with me easily. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, even with therapy, for years and years I did therapy with people and there was just an occasional person that I think there's something that's not connecting here. I still mm-hmm. get good results, but I know I knew there weren't as good results. Mm-hmm. And I used to think, I wonder why that is. Mm-hmm. The second I discovered the rep system, it was almost like, wow, a light went off. Mm-hmm. So I had one guy who came to me and he was kind of fairly heavy set, so I thought maybe he's kinesthetic or maybe he's auditory because he didn't do eye contact well. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you know, I said to him, what are you seeing? He said, nothing. I said, well, what are you feeling? He said, nothing. I said, what are you hearing? And he said, nothing. He said, this doesn't make sense. Nothing is coming mm-hmm. to mind. Mm-hmm. So immediately I realized, oh, my gosh, he's auditory digital. Uh-huh. And I just said to him, so if something did make sense and something did come to mind, what would it be? And he said, well, that's easy. And we were off. Yes. And I simply wrote those two phrases down, and every time I asked him a question, I asked him using those words. Uh-huh. And we had a fabulous session. Uh-huh. So you, know, you, you were using his terminology, the way he framed things. the way things. he understands life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
So, go ahead. So why is tempo the most important uh, thing to match? Tempo is the most important because really you want to um, you want to go with their rhythm. It's mm -hmm. about rhythm. Mm -hmm. So if someone's and saying, is that like vibrations? To, it is a vibe. I tend to speak really fast, mm -hmm. and I will say to people in a class, if you find I'm speaking too fast, please slow me down, mm -hmm. because my thought process is so quick. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's a disadvantage for some people because they're they're attempting to keep up with me, but maybe they need to process it a bit as they're as they're listening. You know, someone who speaks as fast as me doesn't need to. We can just have conversations, yada yada yada, da da da. When when you're with someone with, who's who's processing information differently, you need to respect their their model of the world. In effect, mm -hmm. yes, respecting and other people, respecting and honoring other people for yeah. Yeah, their particular window on the world. Because right. then yes. you'll get better understanding, you'll get better communication. Mm -hmm. So could you talk more about how the brain processes information? Um, as in communicating information? Well, um, I understand the brain processes two million bits of information oh, right. every yes, second. Every second, two million yeah. bits of information. And that's the unconscious mind that's doing that. It's picking up all the signals. Mm -hmm. It puts them into groups of 126 and then you're aware of it consciously in seven pieces of information. Yeah, I mean, that's quite a filtration system. It's a huge filtration <laughs> It's like you've got a tiny snapshot of everything that's happening once a second. Mm -hmm. You know, And, of course, when emotions come in, that's when the whole signaling system goes um, haywire because mm -hmm. what happens is if, as soon as you get fear in there or some other kind of emotion, yes. um, the distortion system changes. It gets, dis it gets distorted, yeah. So that's why eyewitness accounts are unreliable. Yes, everybody who sees the same thing would represent it differently. What correct. they saw, yeah. Yeah, and and we had a we had a burglary. I know at um, a house when I was a student, and there were there were about six of us standing at the top of the stairs watching this guy break in, mm -hmm. and it was really interesting because the police interviewed us all afterwards, and he was black, he was white, he was Chinese, he had a <laughs> he had a jeans jacket on, he had a tartan overcoat on, he he had blonde hair, he had black hair. He was big, he was small. It was like not one of us had the same picture in our head. Incredible. It was just, it was hilarious, actually. I'm like, no, he wasn't like that. He was wearing glasses. He wasn't wearing glasses. And we'd all put our own fear interpretation on what was yes. happening. Yes, yes. So what do we do about, uh, you know, so fear doesn't enter in? Breathing into our power center. I mean, what's, how do we... Well, fear is your messaging yeah. system, so it's, right. it's a really useful technique. We we can't do without it. It's deep wired into your neurology, fear and anger, mm -hmm. because it's that fight and flight mechanism. Mm -hmm. So fear is going to come up because your unconscious mind is programmed to do that. However, it's how quickly you can bounce back and how quickly you can clear it. Yes. Right. So um, and fear can be a learned response, of course, because if a parent is all the time telling a child, "Oh, don't do this. Stop doing that. Be careful about doing that." Right. You know, you learn to be fearful, even though there's no reason to be. Right. So simply by using the mind magic afterwards and um, taking a deep breath, you know, just instructing the unconscious mind to release the negative emotion or fear, preserve the positive lessons, it has to comply. Mm -hmm. So the technique. Uh, it's on a CD, as I said, uh, as you said before, you know, it's up for a visionary award. Um, it's a brilliant technique. I was really surprised it works on every single thing you set it to. Mm -hmm. I'm still amazed. 
And um, as long as you get, know what to say to the unconscious mind, it will do it. It's, yes. It's, it's going to follow instructions. Yes. Yes. It, like you said, it's a servo mechanism. It, that's yes. its whole. That's what it was designed to do. Yeah. Yes. I kind of think of it like a little dog that's kind of fetching things for you. Mm-hmm. So if I say to you, um, oh, uh, don't think of a blue elephant, it's going to go, wow, look at that yes. blue elephant. Everybody wants blue elephants. Yes. You know, and it, it, it thinks in pictures, in symbols, in... Um, in in emotional responses and it will go away and give you a lot more of what you're thinking about mm-hmm. so if you're thinking about lack it will give you lots more lack mm-hmm. if you're thinking about fabulous stuff it will give you fabulous stuff mm-hmm. so is there such a thing as having rapport with oneself yes yeah and and the thing is when you're in that's a good question actually when you're in when you're on rapport with yourself you're actually doing very well because it means you directly your conscious and unconscious mind are like a team mm-hmm and uh, Milton Erickson, uh, the famous hypnotherapist for 60 years, said that your clients are your clients because they're out of rapport with their unconscious mind. Mm-hmm. The team has stopped working as a team, and the conscious mind is trying to run it, or the unconscious mind is trying to run it. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that when you understand how to work your unconscious mind better and how to talk to it better, then it's gonna, you're going to get way better results in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so maybe um, that's a part of you know what the what we were talking about earlier with uh, mismatching. Mm-hmm. You know maybe yeah. that that is why we wind up creating mismatching is with when we have a lack of rapport with our own parts of our own unconscious. Yes, and what it's simply you? that you don't understand well enough because when yes. you understand how your unconscious mind works, it's like having a computer and not knowing how it works. Yes. You can't blame the computer because it's not working properly. Yes. You don't have the right information. Right. You and know, we're so missing a lot of the, the power, the, yes. uh, the, uh, the level of power exactly. we can be functioning at it is. in it's the like, world. It's like, yeah, it's like using a dictionary when you've got the Internet at your, at your fingertips. Yes, yes. You know, and people are still insisting on using that old dictionary. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating. The... Um, the internet is a really good example of, of how your mind works. So if you're not sure whether a word or a, or a response is negative or positive, look up the word on the internet and see what results you get. Yeah. You know, and your un- your unconscious mind has no idea what's real and what's not real. Yeah, it's amazing when you do that. How it will give you. It, you just do that, and then it bubbles up to the surface. Yeah. It'll just serve it up. It's yeah. amazing how that it's, works. I know, isn't it fantastic? Yes. You see, something like the word fairies, if you look up the word fairies on the internet, you'll get millions of sites on fairies. Yes. You know, if fairies are real or not, we but don't But what know. does your unconscious mind have yes. for fairies? Well, your unconscious <laughs> you that, that That's the most around. important, yeah, you know, it is. what your own particular symbol is. Yes. Yeah, and that's in our dreams, really, you know, we have our own incredible a huge lexicon of, you know, symbols for all sorts of things. Yes. So, yeah, and so some of them are archetypal. You know, that the one tree is knowledge and the many trees are issues. You know, water is, is life. Mm-hmm. But there are symbols that are related directly to you and what you believe. Yes. Yes. So and, of course, what you believe to be true becomes the truth. Yes. Yes, definitely. And becoming aware of what it is you do believe, yeah. I think, rather than it running unconsciously and, sh- yeah. and showing up in your world as something you prefer not to be experiencing. That's right. And, and of course, if you're actually, um, if something's not working for you, doing more of the same isn't going to help. You have to think, maybe it's something I'm doing and not something yes. that is happening. Watch the feedback. 
Yes, yeah, watch simple the simple feedback. Yeah, it's just feedback. Everything yeah. is feedback. It yeah, is. no I failure, mean, just feedback. Yeah, it is. Even even your physical bodies, uh, the things that aren't working for you, mm-hmm. it's feedback that you're not feeding yourself properly enough, exercising enough, or you're not thinking well. So, um, uh, so could you give us some practical examples? Examples of using processing styles in our everyday speech, Yvonne. I mean, yeah. you already mentioned about visual. Right. Could you so go a little bit more? Visual, yeah, if you're talking to a visual person, the kind of words you need to use are, so do you see what I mean? Look at this. Would you observe this? Can you describe this to me? You know, using the actual visual words, words that, that uh, I'm feeling very enlightened right now. Um, oh, that's very bright. It's, I, really, I really feel light. You know, using kind of visual words. It's like visual, visual keywords. Visual keywords, yeah. yeah. And if you're talking to someone who's auditory, someone who's... Now, this is... Do you have this on your website, or is this yeah, in... It's in the book. It says okay. every word has power. Okay. Yeah. And there's a whole list of words that you can use in the every word has power in the appendix. Yes. So someone who's auditory, you need to say, would you listen to me, hear what I'm saying, and, you know... Um, Quite often, auditory people are think, thinkers too. So you might say you want to think about what I'm saying. You know, talk to me. Mm-hmm. Your tonality needs to be right. But a lot of people who are auditory don't like a lot of noise going on in the room. They like a, a quiet, kind of a quiet um, mm-hmm. room because they pick up noises too strongly. Mm-hmm. You know, and they tend to talk slower. Auditory people too. So you might want to slow your language down. Because mm-hmm. so the kinesthetic and auditory talk more slowly. Yes. Yeah, and the kinesthetic ones. You want to say, how does that grab you? What do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm feeling very touched that you did that mm-hmm. for me, kind of thing. And you and you also want to actually touch them because they need that contact with people to feel as though they're real. So it's more vibratory-centered, the kinesthetic. Yes. It needs to be comfortable for them. They tend to like to mm-hmm. eat, drink, be merry, kind of thing. That's they how like it feels. To, yeah, they like to kind of feel the world, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they, they, they really do the world by gut instinct. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if it doesn't feel right to them, they won't be doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, so you'll say to them, how does that feel for you? Mm-hmm. you know? And someone orders you digital, someone who's a thinker, it needs to make sense to them. Mm-hmm. So you would have to say, you know, think about this and, and just think about whether it makes sense and you understand it properly. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. is it a process that works for you? Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of words, the person will go, wow, you understand me, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Because everybody's tell- been telling them to see and look and mm-hmm. do things that they don't know how to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my husband, if, if we're doing um, a meditation with him, if we say visualize or see, he'll actually open his eyes and say, I cannot visualize, I cannot see. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, So you'll have to say something like, so listen to what you're hearing and mm-hmm. think about what's in your head. You know, and mm-hmm. it, it, it does cause people to feel like they're not being understood, they're not being accepted, or mm-hmm. um, the empathy is missing. So on a subtle level, if we were talking about the super sensible fa- faculty, someone who is visual would be clairvoyant, yeah. someone who is auditory would be clairaudient, yeah. um, someone who is sensory, um, uh, kinesthetic would be clairsentient, and That's someone who yeah. gets just a, a, a download of information as a thinker would be clear cognizant those would yes. be those in, more intuitive faculties they, yeah, those are probably right. what are most developed in them yes. so alright well the eyes have been called the windows of the soul what about the language of the eyes Yvonne how do we build rapport with our eyes 
Your eyes are really important because um, when you actually look at someone uh, and take an information, they're giving out the, they're giving out internal signals. So eye contact is really important, mm -hmm. and quite often children don't do eye contact that easily. You'll find some of them do, mm -hmm. quite a lot of them don't. And what I've had a, a boy come to me um, who was auditory, and he just didn't do eye contact. And mm -hmm. his mother kept saying, "Look at her, look at her." Mm -hmm. And of course, I finally said to his mum, "You know, leave him alone." I said, "But you might want to pretend to look at me." My husband actually looks at a place just be just between the eyes, apparently. Yeah. He says he doesn't actually look; he just pretends to look. Yeah. And those eyes, the, the kind of the flashing eyes, you know, when you're flirting with someone, the eyes are really important. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a woman um, and you're flirting with a guy, uh, the eyes, your head needs to be on one side, the eyes are kind of looking down and looking up, a bit like Bambi. Uh huh. You know, playing with your, uh -huh. with your neck shows I'm available, or playing with your hair. Uh huh. And kind of smiling and just giving someone the come hither look. Uh -huh. That's all done with the eyes. It's saying, I'm open, I'm ready, come and get me. Uh -huh. Well, talk a little more about using rapport skills for flirting and connecting mm -hmm. with the opposite sex. Give us the full scoop, Yvonne. All right, all right. <laughs> well, I, I went out with a, a girlfriend, and she, she said, oh, I really, really like that man over there, that boy over there. And I said, well, why don't you look at him? And she said, oh, I couldn't. She said, I'm too shy. And I said, well, how is he going to know if you like him? So she said, I don't know. She said, can you show me? I said, oh, just pick a man and I'll have him here in 10 seconds. And she actually <laughs> said, okay, that one over there. I said, he looks cute. So as I was talking to her, I put a big smile on my face and I just said, I'm going to just look at this guy in any second. And I just glanced over to him, did a quick flash with the eyes and then back to my girlfriend. And 10 seconds later, he came over and said, hi, do you want a drink? And she said, how did you do that? <laughs> But it's it's simple. You just it's just an eye technique. It's just a little showing someone doing that eye contact just one half a second more than mm -hmm. you would normally keep it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we went from place to place, and she was I was so politic for the week. Um, with a guy when he's doing flirting, he basically needs to look really interested in what the woman's saying. Mm -hmm. You know, it's about mm -hmm. complimenting. It's about saying she looks good. It's about saying believing that the woman is, is better than any other woman in the room, making mm -hmm. her feel like she's absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, saying, oh, I love your hair, you're this, you're that, telling her how fabulous she is, and, and really keeping that eye contact and making sure that the, the, the woman really feels like she's being listened to. Mm -hmm. You know, and as far as touching is concerned, a very safe place to touch is between the shoulder and the arm and mm -hmm. the, the elbow. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a little area from there's a there's a stripe going across the back of the body, from mid arm to mid arm across the middle of the back. Mm -hmm. And if you actually just just gently kind of touch someone on that area, it mm -hmm. just says we're connecting. It's a very safe, non-threatening area mm -hmm. to touch. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's yeah. good to know. Mm -hmm. So. So how do we know when a relationship, romantic or otherwise, is not worth pursuing? What are the key red flags for letting a relationship go? I think if you are with someone and they, they're not showing that they're balanced in every area of their life, then you need to move on fast. So, you know, I was thinking about this when I, when I wanted to get married when I was 39 and I decided, you know, I needed a baby fast. Well, I'd been out with all kinds of guys, but the one commonality was they all needed major help. Yeah. And I realized, wow. Well, you were attracting people who needed help because you're a helper. Yeah, because I'm a healer <laughs> naturally, so I was attracted to that, that vibration. Mm -hmm. And you need to start really thinking logically, can this person add something to my life? Mm -hmm. 
are they the same background as me? Do we have enough in common to be able to make a go of it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it sounds like these are things you should know about before. Yes. And decide yeah, on before. before. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Even on the first date, you need to be making the decision whether to see them again. Mm-hmm. Because once you've seen them three or four times, you've, you've established it's, rapport on yes. some other level. Yes. So, you know, the logic needs to come in on that first date, that first, mm-hmm. that first three dates. Mm-hmm. You know, can you sustain yourself? Can you make a living? Are you like the other people? Will you be accepted by my friends? Mm-hmm. You know, people will often say, oh, we'll overcome it. but it's not So you don't ask those direct questions, though. Yeah. I mean, you, you do? You do. Absolutely, <laughs> you do. If you were going for a job interview, Katie, right, you'd say... <laughs> What are the hours? How much money am I going to make? What holidays am I going to get? What pay? What um, health benefits do you have? You know, will <laughs> you I like the, you're you're into the direct approach. You know what? I spent so many years not being directed for 39 years. Uh-huh. I finally decided this isn't working. Waiting for six months and then asking them if they want to have children really yes. isn't on the on the on the agenda. You know? Yes, it's like the first date. Have you had a vasectomy? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> And people, and guys respond to that, you know. Guys respond to that direct approach way better because they're like, oh, thank goodness. And and they will fast, take a fast retreat if that's, you're not on the same wavelength. That's for sure. Exactly, because they can then make a retreat. You know, I like internet dating and um, that kind of thing because you ask those questions on the first phone call or on the first date. Mm -hmm. Are you interested in a serious relationship? Um, you know, do you want to settle down? Are you interested in having someone special or do you just want a flirtation? Mm-hmm. And it's, everything's on the table right up front. We all know now, is this, is this in every word has power also? I don't yeah, remember reading yeah. about this. <laughs> it's a bit more subtle <laughs> in, in the book. But, yeah, I mean, that's the basic premise is ask the, interview the person. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get involved with them, you could be with them 15 years. This is true. If it's not just a casual friend kind yeah. of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you're really looking for someone yeah. special, make sure you ask the right questions. Yes. Because if you, if I was to say to you, you have to have the same job for 50 years, you'd be saying, oh, give me plenty of time to choose then. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't just take the first job that came along. You'd be asking the questions a yes. lot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you need to be able to know that it's sustainable because after the first three years, what happens is that everything that's been down there, all the, all your issues are going to come up to be resolved, yes. because that's the natural way to, to do things. Yes. And, you know, we tend to choose partners based on what we've not resolved, as mm-hmm. well as what we've resolved. Uh-huh. Yes. So, you know, and, and, and being willing, knowing yourself and being honest with yourself so that you can discern. Yes. Now, yeah. now if you, you need to be doing, and I'm, I'm talking about me too, we need to be doing as much work on ourselves as yes. possible before we meet. If we want right people one. who are going to really connect with us. Yes. Definitely. Always yes. deepening in our own process. Yeah, there has to be something more than that chemistry or just the fact that you like yes. them. Or As a matter of fact, chemistry could, could be, definitely, could be a signal mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes yeah. for somebody who's, you know what I'm saying, chemistry is not always the best thing for letting you know it's so... Great, r- but it, well, yeah, you want to have chemistry, but you yeah. want more than just having chemistry. Yeah, so you it can say, be misleading. Is it just chemistry, or, or have we something to establish more on? Yes. You know, I used to not like the idea of the Indian marriages that were arranged, but you know what? They were very sensible. Yes. 
you know, you would have a choice of certain people. That's why I said, you know, knowing exactly yeah. some of the important things and, and, yeah. and being clear about them and the commitment with yourself before yeah. you're even involved in yeah. some romantic potentiality, you know, for yeah. a relationship. So yeah. you can clearly just, you know, discern mm-hmm. and not allow yourself to, you know, be lulled into something that's really not going to go anywhere. So right. Yeah, and and emotions and logic need to come into that. Okay. Yes. Yes. Both sides of the the brain. Yeah. Because yeah. so I mean, I I used to go out with guys and I think logically this is the perfect person for me. They've got everything. I, they've got everything on my list. Yeah. And you know what? There's nothing there. Yeah. There was no like, chemistry. No. No chemistry. Yeah. And sometimes it'd be all chemistry. And then I'd look at my list and go, well, there's at least 90% of that lacking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know? So it's holistic. Yeah, you have a holistic approach. It is. It's a holistic <laughs> approach, yeah. Exactly. So um, how, do we, how do we let someone know, if someone's interested in us, how do we let them know if we aren't interested in them in a, in a subtle, nice way? Um, a smile and a glance and a look. It, it's as simple as that. It's about uh, guys particularly like someone who's interested in them and interested in, in letting them talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, girls, the same thing. You know, it has to be give and take. It has to be finding that common ground. Um, at the end of the evening, you know, you simply ask the question, will I see you again? Mm-hmm. I'd like to see you again. Or I had real fun tonight. Um, or I had real fun having a coffee with you. Mm-hmm. Should we meet again? Mm-hmm. You know, and the person will say yes or no. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. It's better to find out up front. So, what what uh, something I have happen is guys being interested in me who I am not interested in, and mm-hmm. they just keep. I mean, is it because the chase thing? Why they just keep kind of seeing if I'm going to eventually be interested? Right. How do I once and for all let them know in a nice way? No, I'm not interested. Sometimes you can't say it in a nice way. Sometimes you just have to say. You know, well, I suppose you can. You can simply say, you know what, I really like you as a friend, but I'm not interested in anything more than that with you. Yes, yes. And that's kind of the the kiss of goodbye. Yes, Because <laughs> yes. then that you can't you can't say anything against that. You know, yes. or or you can say it's simply not working for me. Yes. So it's not. Maybe it's. I, I've been doing these things, putting out. I think clear signals, and maybe the signal isn't clear. If they're if they're still there, you've not you've not given them a clear signal. You've given them a <laughs> signal. Okay. I've got to really take a deeper look then. Yes. Yeah, so, so if you're giving them a signal, signals, yeah. you need to verbalize it. Maybe I'm too much into wanting them to like me. Yes. And that I'm a nice person. And yeah, so and they take that as a signal that yeah. I'm interested when yeah. I'm just being a nice person. Yeah, and that's really not kind to them because that mm-hmm. means that you're taking up the time when they mm-hmm. should be looking for someone that they mm-hmm. can connect with. Mm-hmm. Mm. So then it's just, I really like you. It's wonderful having you as a friend, but I'm just not interested in yes. having a relationship with you. Yes. And guys appreciate that, you know. Yes. They're, they're, they're much so you can't do that. You have to speak that. You can't just do that with a signal. No, you can't do it. You can't do it. Oh, okay. It's, okay. it's unfinished. You see, okay. what, what you have to recognize, if something is unfinished, the unconscious mind is programmed to finish it. Okay. It's programmed to complete. Yes. So if you leave a cliffhanger, everybody wants to know the answer. Yes. Um, you know, that's why Doubt was such a good film. Did you see the film Doubt? I heard about it. No, I haven't it's seen fantastic. it. It's fantastic. They leave you at a, at a no-answer point. Mm-hmm. And your head, your head keeps going back to it, trying to resolve it. It's mm-hmm. really very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very clever. Mm-hmm. 
So if you're not oh, sleeping with someone, yes, I you know, with, a, with a relationship, it. it means you've left them on a cliffhanger. Yes. And okay. they need a yes or a no at that point. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are the most important things right now that our listeners can do for creating powerful connections with others and building rapport skills? Uh, well, one thing is to go out because mm-hmm. people actually say, I've got no friends, but then they don't leave the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Joining clubs is a really good one. Mm-hmm. So... You know, finding something like an art class or, a, or um, a, a, a gym class or a tennis club or a swimming club, something where people congregate with, that you can actually enjoy doing. Then mm-hmm. you're then you're going to find you've got at least one thing in common with them. And <clears throat> also finding girlfriends. Uh, quite often, um, girlfriends and guy friends. If you're a guy and you're alone, you it's not easy to go out when you're alone and meet other people. Mm-hmm. Same with girls. You know, so you can either ask some friends to to go out with you or mm-hmm. if you if you haven't got many friends you go and you make friends and that's you know joining a yoga group and then saying to someone afterwards do you want to come for a coffee mm-hmm. you know uh, finding girlfriends and guy friends is just as important as finding you know girlfriend and boyfriend simply because with someone else it's a lot easier to go out and, and have a good time and then, mm-hmm. then attract other people into mm-hmm. your group mm-hmm. and it also says you're acceptable if you go by yourself it's not an acceptable thing to do even now yes you know, so apparently the, the there was a, a survey done in England on successful marriages, and um, the main way that people got introduced to other people was through friends. Yes, 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 I've heard that. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got, you, it's important to have friends as well to, mm-hmm. to even get those, those contacts going. Mm-hmm. Yes, so you have a pool. It's You may have to check out a lot of people. Yes. Yeah, and you know, if, if there's only one in, one in a hundred yeah. people is your is a potential mate for you. One in a hundred. One in a hundred. Oh, yeah, at least. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's, that's, that's pretty good odds, right? Though one in a yeah, hundred. Exactly. Well, you've got to go out with a hundred people to find that one. Yeah. So you know, so. speed up the dating process too. <laughs> so, what do you think about social networking sites? I like them. I like them. I think they're good. I I personally get too many of them come into my site, so I'll tend to just um, I'll tend to not open quite a lot of emails. However, you know when I go onto the site, I find it really interesting that people make comments to me, and it's like oh, it's like instant friendship. Yes. It's nice. I've got friends in LA who I don't even know. Yes. You know they just write, I love your book. It's fantastic. You've changed my life. It's like great. I'm really glad to help. Yes. Yes. You know, yes, I'm really it, into social networking. Yeah, I think it's, it's really, really it's great feedback. It's feedback to say, well, there's other... Yeah, well, it really it. helps you get, uh, bone up on your, um, you know, social skills. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you ha- and there's so many different um, people with different representational styles that yeah. you can have yeah. an and opportunity to... It's not an easy way to communicate simply because you don't get the, um, you don't get the same... So would those be mostly auditory digital people who do the email thing, or yeah, quite a lot. And yeah. uh, however, you know, youngsters these days email all the time. I mean, my my daughter has a best friend who's living next door, and I'll say, "Who are you emailing?" She'll say, "The girl next door." <laughs> you know, and they'll be chatting all night on email. Well, we would we would have picked up the phone and talked to someone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so they they obviously have a different. Um, a different idea of what it's about than us. Yes. They feel more comfortable is, doing that. Yes. Yes. There's a lot more that seems to get conveyed for different yes. people through the email. 
Yeah. I mean, they're, we're all exactly. different, definitely. Yeah. So you have to find your own particular style and yeah. um, know the limitations for each of the different mediums. It is, it's true. I mean, someone who emails me, they'll get, they may or may not get a response. Someone who phones me will definitely get a response. Mm-hmm. That's why I say to, and I've got a little uh, an automatic reply on my thing that says, if you want to chat with me, call me on the phone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know you'll get my response within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Whereas an email, you know, I get hundreds of emails because every day. It's more your style. It's more your the it way is. you connect. It is. Yeah. yeah. And even though I'm visual, mm-hmm. I love to be able to connect with people and listen to all the clues. Yes. Yes. To me, an email doesn't give me the visual clues anymore. Yeah. There's a lot you project into it. Yes. You know, and yep. you know, I think there is a lot more projection that happens in an email. A lot more can go awry. Yes, it can. In an email, no doubt, as far as kind of, yes, misunderstanding. So, yeah, yeah. Whereas with a tonality, you can really pick up on a tonality path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all very intriguing, this communication and connecting things. So, Is it fascinating? Yes. So, do you have anything else you'd like to share with us before we close, Yvonne? Um... Just have fun. You know, I think what's happening these days is we're so busy connecting with people and so busy taking everything so seriously that we just don't remember to have fun enough. Yes. So just enjoying the journey is one of the things I'm really telling everybody to do right now. Yes. Yes. Enjoy. Here's to enjoying the journey, definitely. Yeah. You know, you you never... I had an insight the other day at a deeper place than I ever have, and I just roared with laughter, and it was that you never know what anything is really... About. Yeah. yeah, it's true. <laughs> what seems like the worst thing that has ever happened in your life could be the best thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you look back at when you, you know, when you're younger, and you'll you'll think, "Wow, I'm so glad that happened." I mean, I had a I had a heartbreak over a relationship for years, and it was funny actually because I dreamed about him last night, and I woke up thinking, "I'm really, really glad I didn't end up with him." Because my life would have turned out mm-hmm. totally differently. Mm-hmm. It would have been very ordinary. Mm-hmm. So it's more about how you're representing it to yourself and the story you're telling it yourself is. about what's happening than yeah, what's the story, happening. Yes. The story I told myself was that this was the love of my life and it was disaster yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah. Looking back, he was a lawyer and he wanted me to stay in teaching Yeah. and be acceptable. Yes. Well, I could never have done the work yes. I've done with him as a husband. Yes. Yeah, it, it sounds like he had a huge agenda for you. He did. <laughs> He wanted his dynasty and he wanted a, an acceptable wife. Yeah. Very, very, you know, yeah. posh English. Yes. Very well, that sounds very claustrophobic. It does, doesn't it? Yes. And You're yet, too vibrant it, for that, definitely. Yeah, and at that time, that was all I ever wanted was that acceptability. Well, yes. now it's like, whoa. Self-acceptance is, is just huge. The love yeah. and self-acceptance. self-acceptance. Yeah. It is. When you, when Being you comfortable. love yourself, you don't yeah. accept anything less than the best from others. Yes, yes. Not Getting really comfortable important. in your own skin, loving yourself. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. So, all right, well, everyone, to learn more it was about... great talking to you. Yes, to learn more about Yvonne and her fabulous Mind Magic CD, as well as her other powerful communication tools, seminars, and certification programs, please visit her online at globalwelcome.com. That's globalwelcome.com. Have a beautiful day, everyone. A warm mahalo. Thanks for joining us, and thanks again, Yvonne. It's been a pleasure. And you, KG. God bless.